Folks, before we jump into today's highlights, I just have to ask you, do you want to put 50 years of baseball history in your pocket? I know what you're thinking. It's not going to fit, but it really will because it's all in audio format. These are lost pieces of baseball history told to you from baseball cathedrals. They're, they're told to you by icons of the game from Red Barber, Ernie Howell to Harry Carey. I get goosebumps personally listening to these games and even thinking about the interviews and what these players are going to share with me. I know what you're thinking. Is this AI? Are there bots? Is there some magic potion here that are making these things appear? And I'm telling you, they're not. These games are real. They were done by real people at that specific moment in time. All the iconic moments, the interviews, none of it's reproduced, none of it's AI. It's all real, but done again by real people. If you want to check them out, uh, there's a free intro offer. Jump on over to VintageBaseballReflections.com. And there's over 2,500 audio clips and games for you to put in your pocket, take on walks with you, hang around the fireplace and listen, put them on the porch, invite some friends over. However you want to listen, you're going to be able to listen in these amazing moments in baseball history. Use this coupon this day for a special gift at the checkout. Welcome to the Daily Rewind brought to you by ThisDayInBaseball.com. My name's Tom Hannon and I'm your host. Today's Rewind is about the real insight why the Boston Red Sox traded away Babe Ruth. Boston sports writer Dan Shaughnessy famous wrote a book about this trade calling it The Curse of the Bambino. On January 3, 1920, the secret terms of the December 26 deal to sell Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees are publicly revealed for the first time. Boston Red Sox owner Harry Frizee will receive $100,000 in cash and $300,000 in loans. The $100,000 is twice the amount ever paid previously for a player in Major League Baseball history. The news draws further wrath from the angry Red Sox fans who are already upset that Freezy sold one of the team's best players. Now, if you're a fan of the game, the rumor was always this was about Freezy financing a, broad, a Broadway smash hit called No No Nanette. The truth was, he and his partner, Hugh Ward, had paid $1 million for the 1916 World Series champion Boston Red Sox that included the franchise and Fenway Park. They paid $400,000 in cash, and then they had a $262,000 note that was due to the former owner, Joseph Lenine, by 1919. Then they had an additional stock deal with Charles Taylor that had significant interest payments. This entire deal was done on a shoestring. As we know, when we do things on a shoestring, bad things can happen easily. Sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. Unfortunately for Frizee and Ward, the team's attendance collapsed in 1917 and the war-shortened 1918 season. This attendance drop crushed the team and Frizee's finances. The attendance 
which was almost a half a million people in 1916, had dropped to 387,000 people in 1917, 249,000 in 1918, and the rebound to 419,000 in 1919 was good, but it was still a significant drop. For Z, although he was successful in theater to this point, he was just receiving a salary of $12,000 and a percentage of profits in the plays he had produced. Other than 1916, his best year when he received $68,000 in profits, he was not doing overly well. For instance, 1917 through 1919 produced a total of roughly $9,600 in total profits. So if you start to look at this and you combine the team's attendance, World War I, theater profits dropping, Frizee was in serious trouble and he could not meet his financial obligations. Now, when I reviewed his biography on Sabre, they had reconstructed his tax returns. And in 1919, for example, he had made only $721. Now, granted, in tax returns, things can happen and people can over-exaggerate things. But still, that was a significant drop in his personal income. With his financial life in disarray, Frazee felt as though he had no choice but to sell Babe Ruth. He had received a record sum of $100,000. He received $25,000 up front and then three promissory notes of $25,000 each at a 6% interest rate. The notes were due in November of 1920, 21, and 1922. In addition, Rupert gave Frazee a three-month commitment that he would lend him $300,000 so he could secure a first mortgage on Fenway Park. Frazee needed that $300,000 to pay off Lannan. Again, circling back to what I said about buying this franchise on a shoestring, Frazee really needed that $300,000 to pay off Lannan. And it really worked out in that instance for both teams. The Yankees had lots of money, they were hungry for a winner, and Frazee needed money. Now, Fred Lieb, who authored several books from the, in the 1940s and 50s about baseball, added from Frazee, the Ruth deal was the only way I could retain the Red Sox, Frizee once told the author in a moment of confidence. Unfortunately for the Red Sox, and fortunately for the Yankees, it wasn't done after Ruth. You see, Ed Barrow, who was the former manager of the Red Sox, knew the players as well as anyone, and he became the general manager of the Yankees. And then he went after as many players as possible, mostly through sales of players, but there was also some really bad trades. For instance, Barrow would receive future Hall of Famer Wade Hoyt, Herb Pennock, catcher Wally Shang, shotstop Everett Scott, third baseman Joe Dugan, and pitchers Joe Bush and Sam Jones, amongst others. After six years, Frizee would eventually sell the Red Sox, which I'm sure all the fans in Boston at the time were overjoyed with, in 1923 for $1.15 Now about that play, No No Nanette, it would actually open in Detroit in 1924, and it will eventually hit Broadway, and in 1925, he will profit over $300,000 on the hit show. By that time, Babe Ruth had already hit 253 home runs for the New York Yankees over five years, including back-to-back -back years of 54 and 59 home runs. He out-homered entire teams when he hit 59. The Yankees had made three World Series appearances and won it all in 1923. Now I have something special for you with Babe Ruth, 
talking about his career ambitions and signing an $80,000 contract with the Yankees. And if you want to check out more facts from January 3rd, go on to thisdayinbaseball.com slash January 3rd, and you're going to see hundreds of cool facts, birthdays, and players who departed us early on that day. Now please enjoy listening to Babe Ruth. Ruth, here's your contract for $80,000 for two years. Would you kindly sign your name? All right, Colonel. All right, that's fine, Ruth. Now I hope after that you'll have a successful year. I hope you get back in your old shape again. I hope you'll come through with a new home run record. I've had 300. One of them was to hit 700 home runs. The other one was to play 20 years. And the next one was to be in 10 World Series. I succeeded in one last year, making my 10th World Series. And next year gives me the opportunity to play in 20 years. And if I had 46 home runs, I'll have my 700 home runs, and I'll sure be satisfied with everything. Satisfied with everything. I hope you enjoyed that interview, and be sure to check out our show notes for links to player biographies, pages, and catch up on details you may have missed. And subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you can enjoy future shows. And again, I'm Tom Hannon, I'm your host, and we'll see you at the ballpark.